Be the Bridge exists to empower people and culture towards racial healing, racial equity, and racial reconciliation. But did you know we also offer diversity trainings to meet the needs of any organization in every field? In our trainings, our educators combine their education, experience, and expertise to present the five bridges of diversity. The foundational bridge provides the ethics of diversity, why this work is necessary. The professional bridge provides definitions for key terms like race, ethnicity, and culture. The historical bridge gives a context for the work, so we understand our present is not disconnected from our past. The professional bridge gives tools necessary to lead and work in cross-cultural settings. Finally, at Be The Bridge, we always offer a bridge of hope, challenging people not to accept where they are, but to dream of where we can go when we do this work together. For more information on Be The Bridge trainings, log on to bethebridge.com backslash training. We look forward to serving you. Be The Bridge, Be The Bridge. You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Okay, Be The Bridge community, this is Latasha Morrison, your host of the Be The Bridge podcast, and I am so excited Um, to have this brother um, here with us today to really talk about something that a lot of you in our audience are familiar with and then maybe a few of you aren't familiar with. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about the Enneagram. Yes, I said Enneagram. Um, (laughs) And I am speaking as an Enneagram 9 and proud of it with the 8 wing. We have my brother, Milton Stewart. He has an MBA and he is the founder of Kaizen Careers Coaching and Consulting LLC. He loves facilitating the Enneagram and helping people feel seen. He is one of the very few African-American male Enneagram teachers in the world. Milton um, believes that the Enneagram is more than just a personal tool, um, but a map to how to truly honor the humanity of others. He uses the Enneagram in many ways, but the most powerful way he uses it is in spaces of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, he hosts a, and this is how I found out about um, Milton, is a friend sent me this and I, it was what I, I wanted to know about more about the um, the Enneagram, but I wanted to do it in my cultural um, language and understanding. And he had a podcast called Do It For The Gram. And that right there just spoke to me because he said, do it for the gram. <laughs> and it's an Enneagram podcast which teaches the Enneagram from a very practical standpoint. Um, Milton is the first African-American male international Inter- um, Enneagram Association global board member. Um, prior to his full-time work in Enneagram space, he worked in education. He helped adult students who were working to achieve their high school diplomas. He also worked as an administrator in the elementary school, providing tools for students and staff to succeed. And so let's welcome Milton Stewart to the Be The Bridge podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, just a few months, uh, probably, I don't, it was, may have been, it's been over six months we had you in, Mm -hmm. um, with our Be The Bridge team, with our staff, and um, we had everyone take the Enneagram test, and he came and walked us through um, just some of the training and tools, and it was like so eye-opening. And most of the most of everyone that was on our team, except for maybe one or two, they were familiar with the Enneagram, but I think even the people who were familiar um, had a new perspective after um, going through the training that you did um, with the team. So I love the um, foundational um, tools that you have here. What does um, um, Kaizen means? So Kaizen means continuous improvement. 
Okay. And so, yeah, and so the, the focus, like, of my business, I wanted to make sure it's, like, continuous improvement. So wherever okay. I go, whatever I do, I'm, I'm leaving footprints of continuous improvement. Okay, so Kaizen, I love it, I love it. And so um, I wanted to talk about why is the Enneagram, you know, there's been a lot of, I mean, I don't want to say hype um, because there's some real, it, it has helped a lot of organizations, people's family and all of that. But there's been a lot of talk and discussion around the Enneagram, um, you know, for several years now. I think I, I was living in um, Texas when I first um, heard about it probably about back in 2012 I think I heard about it and um, I didn't really understand it you know at first I was right. like oh this is another just personality test like you know right. but it was so funny because as you know as 2012 2016 you know you hear more and more about it um, but when I would talk to any of my African-American friends like oh what's your Enneagram number they're like what huh what <laughs> And so I just, <laughs> you're right. And so I only found out because I was in um, predominantly white spaces, um, how I found out about it. How did you find out about it? Um, first of all, to become a facilitator. And why is that the case? Why were we only hearing about it in predominantly white spaces? Great question. So I found out about it about, um, it may have been similar to the time you found out about it, you know, okay. but I... I dove in super deep. So it was around 20, 2012, 2011, maybe. So what happened okay. was I was stuffing my face full of food at a devotional <laughs> at our okay. young adult minister's house, as usual, because okay. I love to eat. Okay. And so he, like, I'm stuffing my face, and like we're, we're just in a group just sitting around the living room eating because the devotional, uh, it was over. And so he came, and uh -huh. he was like, hey, who wants to take this personality test? And, and everybody's like, yeah, me. I love these things. Let's do this, right? Uh-huh. So he brings in this big blue book, which is called The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Um, pretty notable book in the Enneagram space. And uh, okay. he has two questions. It's like a two-question test that they have in there with like six different options. I get mine correct on the first one. My first two letters correct on the uh -huh. first time I take it. And he starts reading the first like two paragraphs of like the, the chapter of my type. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's me. Sounds good. <laughs> it looks good. And then... <laughs> He starts reading the third and fourth paragraph, which are total opposite of, like, what I want people to know about me. And I'm like, oh, no, like, what the world is this? So I'm sitting there. You know how, like, when you, like, if you're in church and somebody calls out, like, what you struggling with, but you try yeah, not to yeah. show it in people. So you trying to look extra normal. You're like, right. no, I'm good. Mm, this is so, oh, I'm good. So I'm trying to look normal in front of them. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to research this. I don't know about this. I don't know. Right, but inside, right. I'm like, oh, my goodness. How do they know this me? This supposed to be. Right. <laughs> Who's been watching me when I don't right. know it? Big Isn't brother? It crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. So so yeah. this is how I found out about it. So as soon as I did that, um, it made me extremely excited to go figure out what the world this was and start to study it. And so okay. at that time, um, it wasn't that many books around like it is now. There's tons of books, right. tons of <laughs> IG pages. There's a tons book for the book. Oh my there's goodness, tons of podcasts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, there's tons of things on Enneagram yeah. now out there. How much is quality? That's to be determined. But, right. <laughs> nevertheless, it just wasn't that much. But whatever right. I could grab and find, I started to research and I started to study okay. and I started to dive in. So, that's the okay. initial story of how I found the Enneagram or how it found me, to be honest. So, what happened after that is. Uh -huh. um, I started to do a little bit of research about it because I didn't know much about it either, right? Like, as a black okay. person, we just didn't know much, right? So uh -huh. when I would do research and I would say, okay, let me see what's out there, there would never be anyone of color really out there really teaching or sharing the Enneagram. So I was like, uh -huh. okay, this is also interesting. And so one of the reasons it's really... It's taking time, and it's we're, mm -hmm. we're getting there, but one of the biggest reasons it's not really tapped into... BIPOC communities is because one, it started when it when it came here. Um, a guy by the name of Claudio Naranjo, he went over to California, and in California okay. he went to I want to say it was Berkeley or Stanford. Um, okay. And so these spaces where he was teaching were predominantly white when he came in. Okay. Um, they were predominantly white, and so the teaching and everything that was happening around that time. Another person named David Daniels and Helen Palmer. Okay. 
They're all white individuals, psychology majors, different things. And so they started to break it down and pass it to other people. But their circles were not Mm -hmm. BIPOC circles, you know. Right, right. So, you know, so it's not getting to people, you know. And this is probably about, I would say this is about 30 years ago, 30 to 40 years ago. This is starting to get to America. Okay. Started kind of the the bigger part of it, personality part, started more in um, South America, but came here, okay. went there. So that's one of the biggest reasons. And they're never. I think that even though there's the tool is about self awareness, I think there was still because of the way that America is structured, there was still a lack of awareness that our community that we're sharing this wonderful tool with is not diverse. You know, okay. it, it's it's. So I think that's. I'm pretty action. I think I know that's one of the biggest reasons why it just has taken its time to get to BIPOC communities. And so it's like who can figure out within the BIPOC community the tool and then be able to also translate it to where like our people are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then too, all of the literature that they wrote on the types a lot of times. It, it doesn't always reflect BIPOC culture and the people. So we mm. show up sometimes in the type differently because okay. even though even though there's definitely going to be similarities, the core stuff is going to be the same that you have to work on. But mm. externally, because our external world treats us differently, we have to show up differently. So when you oh, read a book okay. sometimes that's a little bit a little bit older by somebody who hasn't been in diverse communities to see how the type reacts in a person, it'll only give this one siloed version, which Mm. is predominantly coming from a white experience Mm -hmm. and not a diverse or BIPOC experience. Yeah, that's so good. And so I never, that was, you said where a a portion of this started, you said in South America. And um, I think it was, I think it was funny because the first thing I thought about, I was like, yeah, just like Christianity started in North Korea. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> just like Christian, just like Christianity started in um, North Africa, um, right. you know, um, you know, and then, you know, when it goes through Europe, like, OK, yep. you know, but now you're saying like a portion of this started in South America. And wouldn't you know, like, it, like. Can I add to what you just said? Yes, please. There's a big there's a there's a big part of the Enneagram that actually started in North Africa as well, by the way. I'm just really? gonna share that. Yes. Going back to wow. Desert Fathers and some more stuff. I'm actually I I have some plans in the future to go because there's a, some people who teach it like uh-huh. like some of the some of the origins. There's some different parts of the world that it's come from, come together, right. but some of those deep origins start exactly where you're talking about. Interesting, wow. isn't it? Ain't that hmm. interesting? Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Milton. I'm gonna need you to do a little more research on that, and uh, we need to get a book from you about that. You know. <laughs> we'll do. Working okay. on it. Working on working it. Working on it. Working on it. Working on. It. But you know, <clears throat> what I found now in understanding this, you know, it really um, helps you to become more self-aware. You know, um, but this is different. How did, how would you say that? Um, how is the Enneagram? Look, first of all, I don't want to assume that people know what the Enneagram is because you know yeah. we have our BIPOC community, and some people are like Ennea, who, what? I know the Myers Briggs. I know the, I don't. Right. So let's define. Can you define what what is the Enneagram, and then we'll talk about how it's different from other personality tests. Yeah, so the the Enneagram is basically, it is a kind of like a journey or a map. You can call it a tool Mm. if you want. People call it many different things, but it's it's really, when you use it, (laughs) when you work with it the right way, it's a Uh tool to help you on a journey to help you find deeper self-awareness to Mm. transform yourself. And what it does, and this is the secret sauce of it, and we'll explain a little bit more in the next part, but... It is the why behind how we think, how we act, and how we feel. And when Mm -hmm. we understand those, now we understand our motivation. And when we can Mm -hmm. know our motivation, we have something to work with. So it's hard for me not to answer the next question. Can I... Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Ahead, so, so it's very, so it's very different from other personality quote unquote tests because right. the the goal is not to put you in a box. What the Enneagram right. does is show you what box you've been living in, and mm. which is your patterns. Like our boxes, like our behavioral patterns, our thought patterns, our emotional patterns that repeat over and over again. So, what the Enneagram does is helps us to see them more clearly, so that we can start to work on them, and then we can kind of unravel that box, and then be able to have more of. Um, a choice, more of a time 
economy to do what we really want to do and to truly show up for ourselves so that mm. our personality doesn't just show up. Because when we don't mm. show up, our personality shows up. So mm. that is the... I would say part of it. And so the Enneagram has nine types, what they call it, nine different types. And what happens is each type has a, a different motivation or a different way that it has disconnected from God, basically. Mm. Right. Many circles will say different things like they will call. They may say something else, God, universe, whatever it is. But it's disconnected from the very essence of our creation and the unifying mm. force that exists within all of us. So it's nine different ways that we've done that somehow, some way. And it okay. breaks down. Um, into nine different pieces and then there's more to it I'm not going to explain more of that because that's okay. too much to teach <laughs> but but okay. that is a big part of it. and so we get these interesting personalities on a way that we try to deal with uh, this world that we're in these are coping mechanisms in a way mm. um, and seeing the world in like a, only a ninth of the perception of what's really there there's the, all of our perceptions are beautiful and they have something to give to the world, but we really see it only through our sliver until we start to work on ourselves and have more self-awareness. Right. I think it helped me to also embrace myself and and yes. be comfortable in my my skin and and understanding like okay these are some of uh, the things in your because we all have things in our personality that we have to be aware of but if I if I'm not aware of those things I don't know how to work on those things yeah. and so there's some things that you can work on though it's not just like oh this is just how I am and so take it take me I leave me but <laughs> you know so we're like you know there's ways that we're we can be healthy and unhealthy and what that looks like um, and I think it is uh, really Really beneficial in how we communicate with with one another. Um, what are some ways that you've seen it um, help in communication with um, one another? Ooh, so there was just a um, a global survey that was done by the Enneagram mm -hmm. and Business Network. Okay, um, and that surveys all of these like corporate companies from around the world who've actually used the tool in business have said the greatest thing they get from it is empathy. And so yes. when we are communicating, if we can like not only understand when I communicate that my words that um, have an impact on someone else and they're mm -hmm. receiving them in a certain way. Now I'm going to be more mindful, more heartfelt, you know, about what am I actually saying and what am I actually um, displaying when I say certain things to certain people? Because now I'm more mindful, like, oh, this lands this way with this person. I didn't realize that, right? Or if I just talk really tough because this is how I like to talk because this is my energy, it's right. like, but, <laughs> I know, right? Right, but right, right, right. maybe the way that another person kind of receives that from the heart level or the head level or the body level is not necessarily going to get the necessarily the healthy outcome for all of us. And mm -hmm. so with communication piece, that empathy piece is one of the hugest things. And it's it's amazing how that showed up in a survey to corporate companies, wow. which is so interesting. Right. Yeah. I didn't expect that at all. Like I didn't wow. expect that one bit. But empathy. Yeah. The other part of communication, I would say, that's um, pretty healthy and, and pretty big is like not only knowing other people and like mm -hmm. what they show up with, because there are certain types that want to definitely be heard. There are certain types that want to be seen and there are certain types um, that, that really are worried about, is it safe, right? And everyone has these in us, but there's some that there's a priority to it, depending on your type structure. Okay. So that's, that's one thing. The other thing is we sometimes don't know if we're a good communicator or not. We don't even <laughs> we we think we're a good communicator, right? And we like these other people, something wrong with them. They just don't understand. But we don't understand that sometimes we only communicate from one center of intelligence that we've given. So we have a head center of intelligence, a heart center of intelligence, and a body, like a sensation gut center of intelligence. And we can communicate from all of them. But Sometimes when people don't understand us, it's because maybe we're only communicating from one of those centers and we're not fully communicating like how we sometimes it's like, how do I feel about the situation? I'm telling you what I'm thinking, but I'm not telling you how I feel. So people are like, OK, we're moving forward. But now I'm frustrated. So it's really learning that, like learning that, oh, this is what's going on with me. This is how I'm maybe miscommunicating. And what can I work on so I can communicate something that connects us, that moves us forward? So good. Um, 
one of the things um, I know it's helped us in our team because I can, I, what I know, like what someone's number is like, I can understand like how they are showing up and also what they need in return, like information that they need. And so um, that helps you. And I know like a lot of people I know um, have done this in their families, you know, helping as far as like your relationships and communication and with your children, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I think, you know, understanding like, how your children are um, are are wired or their type, you know, helps them. And just imagine, I'm thinking about just imagine going into college with this type of information. It's real, really transformative. And so I think it's so it's really different. As I have ha- gone through tra- some of the trainings, I can see that it's uh, you know it's, it's different from some of the other personality tests. It's not just a personality test. It it is right. short. It is telling you, you know, how you're showing up, but then also in ways how you can show up better, you know. Um, yeah. So I think that's important. How now in this space that we are in, mm-hmm. how can we use the Enneagram when we are reconciling our differences as it relates to um, some of the racial tension that, that you see? Ha- have people used the um, Enneagram as a relates um in having these discussions like how can the enneagram help us in this conversation that we're having um around race and uh, racial injustice yeah so um everywhere i go i use this tool and so you know i I do um de and i and b work um and i have a couple of companies that I, i do that with the enneagram spliced in like a big chemical company that's okay. super national shout out to them they're doing great yeah. things um but one of the ways that it overlaps is that if we aren't self-aware mm, right. there's very little that we can change i mean right. you can look at aa meetings right it's like mm-hmm. first i have to admit i got a problem so right. i got to be aware that i that i'm struggling with something so once i gain the awareness which also adds in humbleness now i can shift some things now i can move some things because a lot of times there's so much a lot of times within our types that contribute to um maybe unhealthy um ideology that we've adopted and we don't realize it and we're just rolling with it because now we've adopted into our personality whatever our personality quirks are or the strong things we feel we've we've connected it there and now it just makes it feel like it's right Mm-hmm. And we don't have the, even the, the capacity, which self-awareness gives us capacity to question ourselves and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I know I feel fired up about this, but, but let me take right. a step back. Let me think for a second. Mm-hmm. How, how am I showing up? You know, even though I'm fired up, am I treating other people wrong in my ability to be fired mm-hmm. up? Or, and so that is one of the biggest pieces. So without self-awareness, to, yeah. <laughs> without self-awareness, it is almost to me almost virtually impossible to actually create true change, you know, because sometimes self-awareness comes with something, you know, dramatic happening where a person realizes where it's like they're hit in the face with something, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, they can't unsee certain things, right? Right. But what the Enneagram does, it helps us to start that process on our own inside of ourselves so we don't have to keep getting hit by like life um, life two by fours, where it's like, right. oh my goodness, I didn't know I was so blind. I couldn't believe I was doing this and hurting people and saying this. Right. So, the 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 enneagram, the biggest tool of it is that self awareness piece, and then that self awareness piece leads us to inner work, as we kind of call it. It's like, okay, how do I work on myself so that I can show up better for my community, for myself, and for my partner? So that yeah. is one of the most powerful things the enneagram does when we talk about how. It is directly correlated and connected to um, D E and I B and J justice yes, work yeah. as well. <laughs> like you, right, you, right. you, you have to have it. You have yeah. to. Yeah, and I think you know, like it's so funny. Like you know, it's like you talk about self awareness and and you know, in our transformational um, 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 bridge, you know, this pathway that we've created as, as an organization. The first step is awareness. And then acknowledgement, you know, and so like it goes hand in hand. If we're going to do this work of um, racial reconciliation, you know, you you have to be aware, you know, of the, of the issue of the problem, and then 
I think this takes it even a step deeper. It's like, how are you showing up? You know, like, because it starts with you. And I and I always say, you know, this work that we're doing, it started with me first, you know. Mm -hmm. And then as you, um, you know, transform the places that you intersect, transform and how you show up you know, um, with people. And I think it has helped with, um, if you can develop empathy, you can do this work. But if you are apathetic, like you, <laughs> like it's <laughs> not, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, what are some books, is, you know, and people that are doing this work, there's so many books out there now. Um, um, you know, one of my friends, Sandra Van Opsel, just, I think she just collaborated on a book. I think she's an eight. I want to say she's an yeah. eight. She just did a book, you know? And, um, and, and so I, 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 I hear about books all the time. Um, what are some of the first books, someone that's really trying to understand, they're like, this makes sense. Like, hey, I am, I'm, I'm burning bridges. I'm the troll on the bridge. Like, um, right. you know, I'm, I'm noticing that I'm having the same problem problems in every place that I go to work, it, 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 there's a common denominator in that. You know, if you're yep. continuously having issues and some of the same issues, um, it's, it's probably not the work environment or the people. It may start with you, you know? And so like, um, you know, there's a common, common denominator there. What are some books for people that may be in that, um, that situation? Um, what are some of the first books that you recommend that people should read? I'm so glad you 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 asked this question. <laughs> um, I listen. I have four books and they are okay. fire. Okay, right? okay, fire. Um, I like that. They are that. fire. I, <laughs> okay. I'm I'm, I'm mentioned or my name pops up in two of them, which I'm okay, okay. For. Oh, so they're um, fire because then your name pops up. No, 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 no. No, but, I just but, messing with you. <laughs> So, all right. So the first one is the Enneagram okay. of Black Liberation by Chichi mm. Ogorum. Oh, I like that. That is the first one I recommend people read okay. when you talk about overlapping, like understanding the the BIPOC or any marginalized uh, okay. culture with the Enneagram overlap. Oh my okay. goodness, it's powerful. Okay. Uh, okay. The next book I would recommend is. All right, so it's called No Justice, No Peace, but it's K-N-O-W, oh. and it's on both of them. So it's No Justice, No Peace, K-N-O-W, Peace, by Dr. Deborah Egerton. Okay. Okay, that's 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 the second one. Uh -huh. The third one, I would, and this this book is not a crossover of BIPOC and justice work, but it's just Enneagram in general. It's okay. called The Complete Enneagram. Okay. By Beatrice Chestnut. Okay. Okay. And then last but not least is a book called Reclaiming You, um, okay. an Enneagram Look at Trauma mm. by Sharon K. Ball. Ooh. What, tell me a little bit about that one. Why is that one on your list? Um, so, so that one is on my list because a lot of times part of the reason why people show up so... I guess um, harshly or, or, or it's so difficult for some people to even have the space to um, shift, change, or become okay. humble or curious, just curious, okay. is because there is some form of trauma that has not been dealt with that mm -hmm. resides inside of their bodies. Mm. And so the, the, body, the body keeps score. Like there's a book called yes. The Body Keeps Score, and it does. Yep. Even though mentally we may have forgotten it or yeah. um, it's lodged away somewhere hiding because yeah. our mind was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's too much. We can't do that. But uh -huh. our body keeps the score. And until we learn how to work through some of those traumatic experiences, rather it be with a counselor or a therapist or your preacher or somebody who is certified to do this work, right, or a spiritual teacher or a somatic worker, it, mm -hmm. until we work with those things, Mm -hmm. It's really hard for uh, anyone, but especially people who've had like um, maybe consistent trauma, right? It's not big trauma, big T's, right. but it's just a lot of small T's that never dealt yeah. with them. And so they get triggered back into the same patterns, which tightens our type structure, our personality. Or mm -hmm. we've had a big T, and because we're so used to dealing with life and like life is like that, I got to keep moving forward. I got to keep doing my thing, right? And that's mm -hmm. a defense mechanism to a degree to cope with it. Mm -hmm. But as long as we don't really unpack it and deal with it, it's hard for us to heal so that we can truly be as 
impactful, as empathetic, as earth-shattering, you know, ground-shaking, moving things in a positive way than we can be. So Mm -hmm. that's the reason I considered that one, because they do have practical things that anyone can do here that helps when we do encounter those um, internal body traumatic things going on. Or if something traumatic happens, it gives you tools to be like, okay, this is what you may need to do because we have to complete a stress cycle. Like we Mm -hmm. get, our bodies get caught in the fear like uh, mm-hmm. what happens, freeze, fun, uh, flight, fight, all that, right? But we right. never complete it sometimes. That's the problem. Most of the time we don't mm-hmm. complete it so that we can move forward. So our body is stuck with that charged up energy, anxiety, all that type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's the reason I considered that um, book and I wanted to share it because it's, it's, it's really practically helpful. And I know people listening on this podcast, like I yeah. know they care about this area or have and are going through this and it's it, it's been normalized and it's not normal. Trauma is not right. a normal thing. We should just be walking right. around like, I'm fine. I yeah. battled all this. Like, no, let's let's right. work on each other. Let's heal, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, you see, this is, you know, and some of you are listening and he probably hit on a couple of things that you never heard. And some of you have been studying the Enneagram or in conversation but this is what happens when there's diversity and inclusion at the table. You know, it makes for a more robust conversation, you know. And I think, you know, some of the elements that you're talking about, um, for, for me, it's, I'm able to connect with that in a, in a better way. And I've been a part of a lot of these conversations, but I think these are some practical things, you know, even for our community. Um, how do you think, um, how can you use the Enneagram as a tool to better engage people in your community? You know, um, so mm. those of you who are hearing this, what are, you know, these are, I, I, you know, the Be The Bridge community, they are being activated within their community. They're leveraging um, their skill sets, their giftings, um, and all of that to do this work of um, racial justice and racial healing, racial equity within their communities. So how can they better, how can this help you, um, this tool help you better engage the community? Um, Other than empathy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I think one of the the, the best ways it helps uh, in a way to get to it is, and and this is always a little tricky because when you have people been doing the work for a while, they're like, we want to do it a certain way. One of the biggest things is to get people possibly like typed correctly, like finding the correct mm-hmm. enneagram type, because okay. a lot of times you feel seen, and then you can actually see what gifts, right, what strengths mm-hmm. that you have, but also what potential struggles and challenges and pitfalls you mm-hmm. have to watch out for, and it helps to make uh, help you understand that like you're not the only person out here like with this personality. Because I remember growing up as a teenager, there were times where I was like, I think I'm crazy. I mean, even after teenager, <laughs> right. like I was like, I I think I'm slightly crazy, like right. I, the way that. I think right I'm, something must right. be wrong or something yeah. right i'm just different but, i'm just different right right right, right, right. <laughs> so, something's oh, something's off with me, you know uh-huh. but helping us to understand that like there are people around the world going through the same things we go through is so important and so if we're engaging our communities with the enneagram like besides empathy we talk about people just feeling seen one of i think one of the most important things for me and this is like my personal view, because mm-hmm. there's a, I be in a lot of communities that are predominantly white, <laughs> obviously in any ground uh, <laughs> space right, right now. And yeah. there, there are some schools of thought where it's like, we really want the person to wait and explore who they are and figure out their type. I don't feel the same way because I feel like the life that BIPOC people live, it's just like, it's, it's, it's too life is too serious and dangerous at times to not understand self to mm-hmm. my, in my opinion so i feel like we need to do our best to get to what the accurate type is honestly not rushing not forcing but fast as possible because mm-hmm. some of the traits depending on our external environment have been heightened so much that like it could lead to a life or death situation. It could lead to a situation that makes it hard for me to move forward because of X, Y, Z, because of my own trauma and stuff. And so we, right. we don't always have, in my opinion, you know, the capacity to just wait and let it come to us and we'll find it. I don't feel like we always have that capacity. So I'm trying to get to the accurate type so that we can really see ourselves. So one, like you talk about 
self-love. So outside of like empathy for other people, we're talking about compassion for ourselves. This is something you mentioned earlier, which is powerful. Yeah. We learn how to find ways to love and include different parts and accept parts of ourselves that maybe before we thought was just some outlier, something weird about it, and we mm-hmm. never saw like the, the, the gift that came with it. So, so that's yeah. one of the biggest gifts. So we talk about like our community, spreading to our community, talk about being able to see yourself more clearly so you can mm-hmm. love yourself deeply. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can accept yourself. Mm-hmm. And that changes everything. When we love ourselves, oh, my goodness, the way that we operate externally changes so much. The way we work with our kids, work with our family, work with our church, work with our friends, work with our partners. All of that shifts. The way we treat the schools, everything shifts. So even in this work, and it's been one of the hardest things for me to learn, um, there's so much that I can't approach with my mind. There's a lot of things I can think about and stuff, but when I talk about deeper relationships and when we talk about like the work that you all do, the justice yeah. work that you all do, you gotta be connected to the heart because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've mentally tried to work on people and change them based on facts and stats and that does not right. completely work. Right. You gotta right. have the heart right. and then insert the facts yeah. and stats, but you gotta right. connect first from the heart. First from the heart, first from the heart, first from the heart. First from the heart. If you've been enjoying and learning from the Be The Bridge podcast, we invite you to join us in this work. You can support and sustain our mission as a recurrent partner at bethebridge.com forward slash give. You can also help spread this word of bridge building by supporting and really sporting our apparel so if you haven't gotten your be the bridge hat sweatshirt all of the things let's take the message to the street visit our online store at shop.bethebridge.com and make sure we're spreading the word about all the work that be the bridge is doing and will do At Be The Bridge, we're doing the work to empower people and culture toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial reconciliation. And this work is only possible because of the generosity of bridge builders like you. So thank you so much for those of you who are listening and sharing our podcast, sharing our posts, those of you who are giving to this work um, that's helping us create resources and material um, that will transform hearts. Um, So join us at bethebridge.com forward slash give and let's continue to build bridges together. Thank you so much. Man, and so when you think about like, um, like I know there's so much that I learned about myself, and when I originally took the the uh, the test, it, I had to take it probably like three times before I really like understood. People would say, "Well, what are you?" I was like, "I'm a 13." <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I then I was like, they were like looking at me like, uh, then I I I remember telling people I was a three. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know where that came from, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I uh, I took it probably a couple years ago, I was a nine, but I didn't want to be a nine. Right. So I was like, I, what? How is this? But when I look at a nine, like when I truly look, I, I am definitely a very strong nine, like an off the chart nine. I don't know if you have my, my stuff with you, but like I'm an off the chart nine. But like I have this eight wing. And so like when you think about um, doing what I do, leading the way I lead, you know, like typically you wouldn't see a lot of nines doing this. And so explain that, explain how how that works. Um, And, you know, you could just use me as a breakdown, like break down Latasha Morrison for um, the the Be The Bridge community. (laughs) All right. Game time. Game time. (laughs) So so there's levels and layers to this. And this is the beauty of the Enneagram. It doesn't. Like I was telling, like we said earlier, it doesn't box people yeah. in. Right. Like it, the, the goal is to help you not be in the box. Right. So one thing that's really important to understand is that when we do our inner work, like we have access to all nine numbers. Like when we need to, we can step uh-huh. into another number, right? right? We can show up and say, oh, even though, and I guess I'll give my number now since I'm uh-huh. saying I'm a, I'm a seven, right? Like seven's right. My, uh-huh. my home base, even though I'm a okay. seven, and I can be fun, free, all over the place, scattered also. But when I need to be disciplined, focused, I can move to the line to the one and really have my focus on. So if we're talking about you as a leader, as a nine, which is usually generally not the position 
that right. nines take in organizations. Right. And so one big part of it, I think that's important to, to note because there's levels and layers. So within each nine types, there are what's called uh, three instincts. And so we all have these instincts in us, but they're stacked in a different way. So one is like very important and we like do it really, really strongly. And then one is like repressed and we don't show up that much. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, your dominant um, stack or the, the, the instinct that's on top of you is social. And so even though you may be a, a nine, you're being a social dominant, like that's the instinct. What's what it's called? Okay. It means to care about the. Com it means to care about communities, organizations. That mean that be your high focus. So even though that being the case, when the nine has a dominant instinct of the social instinct, that mean they really care about the community and other people, and so they work extremely hard mm -hmm. for other people in the community to be to be well. They have to make sure they do it in a way that they honor themselves and that they take care of themselves because they could do it to the detriment of themselves at times mm -hmm. so they do have to be careful mm -hmm. but it really makes and this makes sense when you said a three popped up it's because the social nine uh -huh. can look like the three like uh -huh. where the three is like making sure that um, things are getting done you're accomplishing things you're knocking things out like the social nine can look externally like a three because they are ambitious at accomplishing something for the greater good of people and that mm. that's what's going on the difference is a lot of times internally there's a lot difference internally a lot of things are going on right. differently internally <laughs> between the nine and three I promise you that and, and that's the things you, you read the nine you're like yeah that's me um, so, so, so there's that drive for, for social nines to be able to do that and that's a, a, a part of what I see you doing which I think mm -hmm. is incredible and then you, you mentioned the wings and so what wings are for those who may not know it's the numbers to the left or the right of the of your home base okay? okay so it means you pick up a little bit of that behavior you don't change your type you don't pick up their core stuff they have to work on but you pick up a little bit of their behavior and so one being a being a black woman in America yeah. naturally you're going to have to take on a little bit of that eight to be able to make it, to be able to move mm -hmm. past, to be able to be strong in the face of adversity. So that's a natural thing that, and especially since it's right next door to your number, it's uh -huh. a natural thing you've taken upon, right? Because it's like, okay, when I step in this room, I'm going to have to bring more groundedness. I'm going to have to bring a little bit more of my voice. I'm going to have to say something. Guess what? Even though nines like to, like they're the peacemakers or the peacekeepers, as they call it, whatever, uh -huh. uh, in, this, in this, I'm going to have to create a little bit of conflict so that we can get yeah. some true peace because we're not doing it. So this is the power. I'm going to make you uncomfortable so we can move this conversation forward. So, That's right. That's <laughs> a little, right. A little discomfort, but is, my friend calls it, my friend, she explained it to me, uh, my friend Destiny. She said, she said, it's like you were like rubbing me on my back but also like hit me in my face. And she said, <laughs> I don't know whether to be mad at you or to hug you yes <laughs> and she said and you did it with a smile so i was like she loves me she cares for me but this is hurting me you know and, right and, and and that's and i don't i don't try to do that that's just my personality does that you know yep. on its own you know listen i have one of my best <laughs> friends who lives in greece uh he's a missionary shout out to jackson uh <laughs> he's a nine he did okay. the exact same thing to me. I was talking about some going in, and then he brought some to my realization. When he he talked, he brought something to my realization about women's rights that I hadn't thought of, thought about. And this right, was right. about like I don't know, twelve, thirteen years ago. We riding in the car, and it was like he just called me out, but it was like, like I didn't know what to do either. I was like. <laughs> like he's so right right now I don't know to yeah. be offended or to thank yeah. him I can't yeah. tell but it's a gift right when yeah. nine step into like just fleeing from like oh no I don't want to rock the boat don't want to cause conflict yeah. here when they step into yeah conflict needs to happen because we need to solve something and bring true a true version of harmony a true version of peace oh yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift yeah. it's a gift yeah. And one of the things that you told us when you did our training with our team, I forget, uh, you have to help me. I, I want to bring it up because I'm hoping that you can. Um, you said there were only two people, uh, two or three people on our team with that. And it was kind of like how we showed up. Um, um, I know it was like I was a social nine, but how I interacted, I forget the word that was used. 
Oh, oh my god, I cannot think of it. If I come back, if I think of it, I'll come back to it. But Please do. Yes. Yeah, I will. But you know, when you um, when did you know? So the enneagram is going to help you with op- observations, um, and so it's going to help you when you're self aware. It's going to help you see your biases, um, but also I think it helps you know. Um, as you see your biases, you're you're able to see people. So you're able to see people in the condition that they're in. So whether it's um, you know someone that's in a marginalized community or someone that's in you know a more um, st- structural privileged community, um, you know, um, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Just as far as the enneagram and um, self observation. You know, and maybe using me as an example again, if you want to, or yourself. <laughs> I think one of the, the gifts of becoming self-aware is that uh-huh. you become also culturally aware. And so you are alluding to this. It's like, OK, one, when I start to understand the stuff going on inside of me, it's like, whoa, this is a lot. Right. But then we start to see what it connects to in my own life. So it's like, OK. Where am I societally and what's going on and how and what impact does that have on others? The way that I show up, the way that I take up space, how does that impact other people? As a seven, I can fill a room with words. I can talk and talk and talk and talk and not leave space for everyone else in the room who has something mm-hmm. to say that may not process like brain power as fast as I do. But guess what? Their idea may be 10 times better than mine, but I've just been speaking quicker. And mm-hmm. so for me, learning that, yes, I, I do have a natural tone that speaks pretty fast on a natural basis as a seven. My brain pops ideas out of nowhere really quickly. They may not be all the way thought through, but they pop up really quickly. Right. <laughs> right. And realizing that I have the capability to like just speak and just take over and everyone doesn't. That's helped me to say, okay, in spaces where I am not the only person there, mm-hmm. I need to make sure that like, hey, yes, my voice is important, just as important as everyone in here, but also their voices are just as important as mine. And right. so I need to make sure I allow space for them to speak too or to share themselves. So that means maybe I need to like get my point off, um, share my point a little bit more concise and then pull back so that someone else has space to do it. But that's me noticing what's going on around me as well because I understand what's happening inside of me. And so that's one of the biggest components that's important to understand. Mm -hmm. And then it goes a little bit further outside of that, right? You start to look at the context of people and not just what they do at that moment, but what's their context, right? Where are they coming from? And so having a little bit more of that empathy, it's like, oh, you're coming from that space. Like, obviously, I disagree with everything you're saying right now. But from your context, until we have a real good conversation and connection, that's all you know right now. Mm -hmm. But okay, we're going to work on it together because I'm going to do my best to connect from a heart level because you are a human like I'm a human. You deserve love, compassion, empathy, just like I do, even though it's going to take a little work inside sometimes because I I disagree with what you're saying. Nevertheless... (laughs) When we make that connection, then we'll be able to share that perspective a little bit more and, you know, add in a little bit more of things that maybe I didn't see or they didn't see so that we have a little bit more reconciliation going on. Yeah. So good. Um, Are there some types, um, you know, that are that lean a little bit more towards um, um, justice, social justice? Are there some types that kind of naturally kind of lean that way? Yeah, naturally, I would yeah. say that um, there are eights, nines, and ones because okay. their 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 main their primary emotion, and I'm going to explain mm. this a little bit quick. Their primary emotion okay. is anger, mm. and so when I, when I say anger, <laughs> I know people That's people. So funny. so, so <laughs> give, giving helping people understand that hey. Okay. Anger is not bad or good. It's what it, it's how it's used, right? There's a righteous right. anger, right? Uh-huh. And then there's a malicious anger, right? That can right. do bad things. So, mm-hmm. if we're just talking about anger in general, this is their this is their primary emotion, right? That they mm-hmm. orient the world. And what anger is really saying within the eights, nines, and ones is that, hey, I feel something is wrong, and mm-hmm. something needs to be done, right? Something's off. Something's yeah. not right. There needs to be something happening here, <laughs> and <so> me. <laughs> right, right, and it and it's like it takes it to like. Okay, I call let's move it into discontent. action. I call it discontent. That's one of the emotions of anger. Yes, that is one of them. <laughs> that is okay. one of the emotions of anger. 
Okay. And it I'm makes sense for a nine to say that. <laughs> and it makes sense for a nine to say that. It's like, no, no, I'm not angry. I'm just discontent. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll throw on there. I'm just, it's wholly discontent. <laughs> Turn it up a notch. <laughs> yeah, turn it up a notch. But that is so true. I like have to, and I have to balance that because right. you could be all over the place. So that's good. Yeah. So you said the eight, nine, and one. Okay, I mm-hmm. cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, if you're just yeah. talking about in general, as in, um, yeah, like having a, a tendency to a bent or lean towards it yeah. more naturally. Yeah. Because of their type structure, right? Okay. You know, all the types obviously can be fired up, do great work, and should be right. doing great work, right? But the natural type structure can right. be towards that, right? Now, the flip side is when someone is on the flip side of that, of like the opposite of justice, right? right? Where you have to be careful too. Right, because right. They can be difficult to, to work with in these, right. in these scenarios, right? right? Until right. they fully see that like oh but mm. oh yeah that that's, that's um that's that's good you know um you know i th- i think about when we think about types and um you know how they have oh th- this famous person is this type and um you know le- great leaders are this type you know do you see some of that playing into the enneagram also you know um you know, I think I think someone said like, "Oh, um, you know, if you had to name someone, what is what is Oprah? <laughs> what is what oh, is yeah. Oprah as a type, or you know, or like this leader that leads this company is is this? You know, you you hear that, but I I just I I what I've seen with the Enneagram is that it's so diverse in even in this leadership and how people lead. Um, you know, with various types and then understanding how we're working in those types, you know, and it's still so much about this that I don't understand that I'm still trying to dissect and, um, <laughs> and all those things, you know. Um, we have someone on our team, Andrea, I, think, I know you know her, like mm-hmm. she's all into it. Like she, yes. you know, yes, she is like all deep into it. I'm like, um, I think I, I use it like as as far as my self awareness and how I communicate with others, and then also to help me understand people um, um, better. Uh, but then it's you know I I think you know when you when you do that, it does help you have empathy for people, and then it helps you lead. I think it makes me a better leader knowing um, someone th- their type and how they're they're showing up. Um, what are some ways where you would see that the Enneagram and um intersects with this um this work of, of, of racial reconciliation? So um the space where I see it doing that, um yeah. probably probably the most uh, when you talk about racial reconciliation uh-huh. is I'm gonna come back to that same piece. I'm sorry, yeah. but uh, empathy that's is good. gonna be a big part yeah, of it. I'm bringing good. it back. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. Be- because, yeah. because when I when I enter a space, when I when I work with people, I have to understand what's happening in me first too. Especially yeah. if I'm doing racial reconciliation work. Right. Because here's the tricky part. You know, we can go into something with the best intentions and the best mm-hmm. motives. If we aren't aware, self-aware of what's happening in us at the present moment or when we're entering to the space, what happens is, especially if we get triggered, our ego Mm -hmm. or personality takes over. And so now we've gone from trying to do racial reconciliation work to trying to win. Mm. And that is not the way that, you know, the, it works, yeah. right? We're, it, yeah. It's not, it's not, we don't, you know, go into that work to win. You're going into it to build bonds, to build bridges, right? Yeah. And so yeah. going in it to win, you're never going to build that bridge because mm-hmm. the ego has taken over because we lost self-awareness, right? We lost what was going on inside of ourselves. We got charged up. We got triggered by something somebody said and whether they meant to hurt us or not or it triggered something, nevertheless, our ego is taken over. It's like, I got this now. It's like, move back. Right. I know what to <laughs> right, do now. Right, we're going to win right. this thing, so we're safe, right. you know? Right, and, right, right. And so understanding the Enneagram is saying, whoa. So, like, before I go and facilitate, like, one thing, just noticing, is like, okay, me specifically as a seven, we have what is kind of like very, we're very light in our bodies, 
So we have a lot of head energy. We're kind of up springy. The energy is all at the top of our bodies, our heads, kind of our arms and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the bottom, the bottom of us, we're not always very grounded. So me mm-hmm. understanding that if I enter a space that is going to be, um, I would say, as serious as racial reconciliation work and I'm not grounded, yeah. then I'm not showing up fully in my body. Mm-hmm. And so what I can do in my specific type when it comes to racial reconciliation work all of a sudden, I make things lighter than what they are, or I make a joke, mm-hmm. or I distract people, or I mentally check out for a while because maybe it's just too much for me. But if I'm aware, like, okay, I see what's going on here. Let me do some breathing practices. Let me ground myself. And let me make sure I'm serious when I enter this space yeah. because what we're talking about is serious, right? Mm-hmm. Or let me... Uh, deliver information in a way that gets the point across in a serious manner because that's another thing sevens can do, right? We can say something and just make it seem like a joke or light enough or or it doesn't hit the mark like it needs to hit the mark. So every type has something that we do that is similar when we get into these spaces and these um, different, I would say, even situations or conversations with people Mm -hmm. that are on the level of racial reconciliation. But if we're not aware of what's happening in our bodies, all of a sudden our ego takes over personality and we're just, it's running the show and we're not really creating and building a bridge. We're just simply going through our um, automatic patterns that we're so used to doing, mm. right? So, so I think that's the, I think that's the, the biggest way it helps us is that, okay, if I can be aware in the situation of what is happening inside of me and simultaneously, because this happens to have an empathy right. for them, because now maybe I'm listening to um, what they mean and not 100% of what they're saying, right? Because mm. there's a difference. I can listen with my heart. If I'm present to a person, head, heart, and body, if I'm present, yeah. all of that's here. Now I can listen with my heart when someone else speaks and not just my head, because my head got a mm. lot of judging going on. It's like, that fact yeah. was wrong. They didn't say that right. They yeah. don't even know what they're talking about. That acronym is correct. Did you yeah. use the right pronouns? All that stuff, right? Yeah. You know? Right, right, and, right. And so when I bring it back to the heart, I was like, okay, what's the heart of the matter they're trying to convey here? And is there mm. something that I can see and maybe connect at that level? And then maybe we can talk about other stuff. And can I physically be present with them? Can I feel what they're trying to get across? And can they feel what I'm trying to get across, you know? So, yeah. yeah. That's so good. Um, and, and as we close, um, what, what are some things that you probably have learned in working with various groups, like as far, far as race, age, and um, social class, you know, because this, you know, as we talk about diversity of groups, we talk about like, you know, um, this really getting is, is, is start in the States and um, very white spaces. But when we think about this and um, as it relates to class, you know, um, what are some of your thoughts around that? Yeah, this is why I love the Enneagram, um, Mm -hmm. because there's so many different spaces that bring in our full humanity and seeing other Mm -hmm. people fully as humans needs Mm -hmm. to constantly be... um, poured into and so one of the things that I've learned and I'm learning and I'm also trying to bring Mm -hmm. to these different spaces um, is the fact that the way that we even speak about people who we feel that are different than than we Mm -hmm. are there's a mindset in the way that like it's talked about so I give you a quick example some of them just very quick example Um, I'm I'm looking at going to at a conference and it's a conference that is that, that, you know, these people are trying to make some money, you know. Right. And so uh-huh. the issue is that th- there are good things that they're saying. But when I read your book and you say the difference between rich people and poor people, I have a problem with that. Right. Because mm-hmm. to me, you've mm-hmm. already put people in a different class. And, you may, and mm-hmm. I, you may say a different mindset, like a rich mindset or a poor mindset. I'm fine with that. But when we in, when we put people in a whole different class, that's not healthy for us at all, right? Because then we start to mm-hmm. feel some type of way about ourselves and who we think we are yeah. and all this stuff. And it's not yeah. just that arena of, like, money and, uh-huh. and class, but it's every single right. arena. So we really right. have to watch right. 
ourselves, mm. right? We really have to be like, ooh, even though I'm used mm. to saying that and calling these people that, I need to pull that back. Even even though I'm yeah. with my folk, I need to be careful because even even though I may know that when I interact with someone who's different that I don't speak or say those things, the people I'm speaking with, they may not, and they may carry that on into their conversation. So I'm like, oh, this humbleness thing goes a little bit further than I want it to, but mm-hmm. I'm working on it. So Yeah, yeah. So I think good. that's the that's, yeah. that's good. That's good. Now, um, as you know, as you, what is what are the the greatest takeaways personally um, that you've gotten from um, leading um, uh, with the Enneagram? Like, what is one of the greatest takeaways that you've gotten personally? I would say the the greatest part that I've I. Uh, quick story that happened to me about I mean I'm gonna say like four weeks ago or five weeks ago mm-hmm. um, is that when the Enneagram I do something for an organization and it impacts their family in a healthy way and so I, I taught something we we're teaching self-awareness and part of my self-awareness is helping people to feel their bodies and so I do breathing practices right which can feel weird mm-hmm. in corporate spaces they're like what this dude got us doing oh uh, we sitting here right. breathing closing eyes I don't trust this guy right. whatever but <laughs> when they learn to trust it when they're able to take home something and they can say oh I went home and my daughter was having a hard time sleeping because her mind always wonders and I was wondering if this could be her type and I used this technique you taught us and she was able to go to sleep just fine and feel really comfortable and safe and I said that's the stuff right there when it goes beyond just Mm -hmm. me talking in a room with people when they can take it home and their families are impacted in a healthy way that those are always the 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 greatest takeaways I can do is when it's moved beyond compartmentalizing just with our just with our uh, work but it's moved into our personal lives and it's Mm -hmm. like transforming the way that we live and love Yeah. yeah yeah I love that um, transformation. I've heard you say that uh, uh, several times, and so, you know, I think how we sum up the enneagram um, in its outworking is that of transformation. Uh, transformation. Mm-hmm. So, transformation of self that helps you transform, transform the places that you um, are a part of, that you intersect. You know, so your community, your home, your workplace. You know. Um, we're not turning those things off. You don't have right. one, you know, one type in this place. And then, you know, you may show up differently in, in, in some of those spaces. But I think the, the the ultimate goal is to really to be our healthy selves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so grateful for you. I'm glad that you're you're doing this. I'm glad that your your friend brought out the blue book and um, <laughs> you took that test and that just ignited. Me I mean, it, it provoked a career change for you. you know, Seriously. You do this full time right now, right? Full time. Yeah, mm-hmm. consultant, and you you heard um, how he dropped about that chemical company that he's doing some consultant work with, you know. So um, I'm so grateful for you. And we had Milton; um, he spent the day with us here in the Atlanta, uh, in Atlanta, with our team, and it was transformative. And you know, a lot of us had had experience experiences, and we've done training with the Enneagram, but this was different. And um, there was a, a a deeper connection. I don't know. It was just it was it was really different. It was um, yes. really life given. And so we were really grateful for you. And um, you spent some time with the team afterwards. And you know I had to show you off at uh, Top Golf. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. I was not good. It's okay though. No, I'm working I was on it. Horrible. No, I'm terrible <laughs> at it. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much. And you know, um, I I would say what is um um the, the one hope at the end that you would want to leave with our audience that they would um, get out of maybe, you know, um, trying to, um, if they're curious about the Enneagram, what is one hope that you would hope that they would get um, from there? Um, I would say one hope is Uh that they do find um, great Enneagram material and or teachers Uh so that they could truly start to do self-awareness work and um, Uh heal to heal themselves and to love themselves even more so they can do it more for the community. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so you can follow Milton um on um any on Instagram and we'll give all that information in the show notes. Uh but do it for the gram. Um 
podcast is actually um, on um, on the on, on Instagram, and so there are a, a, a lot of other ways that we'll put in the show notes that you guys can connect with. So uh, make sure that you let us know how this podcast was helpful to you um, when we post this. Uh, make sure you come and um, comment and tell us some stories. Um, I want to hear about um, your type or maybe some things that you disagree with. You know, I was about to say keep that to yourself, but yeah, we want to hear your disagreement too. <laughs> All good. <laughs> You know, I had to activate that eight right there, though. Uh-huh. Challenge. <laughs> but, um, we are so grateful for you. Um, and thank you for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. Go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. And transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.